With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real. You're already working hard to earn your money. But how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Friday, February 9th, and we are here trying to help you make better financial decisions. We is me, Jill Schlesinger, certified financial planner, CBS News business analyst, and also Mark Talercio. Mark is not going to be on the show today. What a grave, grave tragedy. I know. But there is um, a lot of drilling going on in his new uh, house. And so we decided that it is just Jill today. All right. You'll put up with it. I know he'll be back. Don't worry. Don't worry. I promise. Anyway, if you've got a financial question, if something is going on in your life, you'd like us to help you maybe think it through. I kind of believe that the part of the show that is the most interesting is when people are considering a course of action and they're running it by us. And that way we can kind of reset your expectations or maybe lay out different choices and you can make your decision. And if that sounds like something you could use, go to our website, jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button and let us know if you would be willing to come on the air. Now, don't forget, You can come on the air on this show, which we love, but you can also come on via video and then you'll be on our YouTube show called Jill on Money Powered by the Compound. And uh, if that's something that you could get into, it is going to be a lot more fun going into the future. We're going to have different video elements. We're trying to think about the things to add, but also being maybe a little bit more nimble when it comes to some of our video ideas, not just seeing me and Mark sitting in a studio, which is fun. And fine. And by the way, a lot of people have been commenting about how good looking Mark is. And I happen to agree. So I like having him on video as well. So that said, um, let's make sure, again, we love having you on the air with us because it allows us to ask follow-up questions. But I know so many of you are kind of anxious and weirded out about being on the air. That's okay, because we do like to have email episodes so that you can really work through some of these things and hear it without being put on the spot. Okay, we get it. Now listen to this. We've had a lot of these lately, Mark. This is rough um, because the subject here from Cece is retirement planning after sudden life changes. So here's the message. I'm going to cry right now. I'm I'm emotionally a little fragile, so I could cry. 
just putting it out there. Cece writes, my husband passed away at the age of 49 last August. Oh, God. Oh, Cece. He was the primary breadwinner of our household. I had been phasing into temporary and contract work after a career in higher education. We have a child in his senior year of college and an older child who is financially secure. Since I had been relying on my husband for health insurance and retirement benefits, I now need to increase my income and plan for the future on my own. I'm 52 years old. All right. So she has a small pension, um, $50,000 with the state. He had a total of about $130,000 in retirement accounts. She goes on to say, I make about $80,000 in my work. However, I have to pay for health insurance through COBRA until I find an alternative. Oh, God. We sold our newly renovated home in Maine when my husband was sick, and I now live in what was to be a temporary situation townhome near the hospital where he received treatment. My mortgage is uh, $1,850 a month. The interest rate is 5%. We also owned a condo in Wisconsin. That's where our son goes to college, which is being rented for $1,500 a month. And he hopes to assume that payment when he graduates in May. My question is, what advice can you give me to ensure that I am able to retire at 62 or 65? I'm struggling with where to live, whether to buy or sell or rent, and how much longer I need to work. My husband worked in finance, so I left all of the planning up to him, and I am now unsure whether what we have is enough for me. Oh, okay. So, all right. I think there's a few things here. So you have this small pension. You have his retirement account. You didn't mention any other assets besides the real estate. So I'm going to presume that you don't have other assets, that I'm going to presume, frankly, that you have just what you're telling me, and that you'll be able to maybe make a decision about sort of the next stage when you figure out what your son in Wisconsin is going to do. I think for now, the COBRA payments may be fine, but perhaps you would want to think about finding some more work at a place where your health insurance is covered, or alternatively, You should go to the Affordable Care Act, because if you were to go to the Affordable Care Act, you may find that it's actually cheaper than your COBRA. And I know you may not want to do that right now. It sounds like this is really, um, you know, it's not even a year yet. I don't think I would do anything in terms of making big choices for your life until we understand about the Wisconsin condo. So here's what I'm thinking. This should be somewhat of a phased approach. I think that for today, what you're going to just try to do is live within your means, this $80,000 that you have and in income, and try to make that work. I'm wondering what happened to the proceeds of the newly renovated home. You know, what, what happened to that? I'd like to know what the, um, the temporary situation townhome, I'm wondering what is the value of that and what is the outstanding mortgage amount? If there is some equity in there, maybe we would tap that. And same goes with the Wisconsin condo. I don't know about your retirement question. I sort of feel like there's too much on the plate here to even answer this question. 
the struggle with where to live, I think, is probably answered with more information after you understand what's going to happen with uh, graduation of your son. And what I would really encourage you to do is I would love for you to maybe get back in touch with us, give us a little bit more information. Maybe we can help you and maybe we could also point you towards a financial planner who would help you figure these questions out. I mean, this may be a quintessential case of when uh, having a CFP lay eyes on your situation makes sense. So I didn't completely answer your question, but I think you get where I'm going. Try not to make huge decisions right now. It's still within a year, you know, maybe after a year after he passes away that you'll have more information. Oh, that's a tough one to start with. Holly writes, I am financially sound, but my 53-year-old daughter, oh boy, intergenerational, Mark, here we go. I'm financially sound, but my 53-year-old daughter is in a lot of debt. She wants to figure out the best way to consolidate making one payment rather than several. I gave her $15,000 for her birthday. She paid off her lowest three or four cards. I guess she means the lowest outstanding dollar amount. She looked into loans. One wanted 20% and uh, so one was a 20%. Another one was 8% before it morphed to 36%. I've watched you for years on CBS. I know that you gave a talk about the best way to get out of debt. I wasn't taking notes because I didn't realize I would need to help my daughter. She writes, I could pay this off, but I don't want to because she really needs to budget her spending. But I want to help guide her towards independence. She's getting more and more depressed. I want to help. I want to support her and be there with love. But as with many financial problems, this is not just about finance. She says, my daughter wouldn't come on the show. She's embarrassed, mortified. She doesn't want others to know the mess that she's in. Now, here's the thing. I get where you're coming from, Holly. I would like to know one of the, some questions that I would ask about your daughter. And I would ask her to her face, hey, how'd you get into this debt? What happened here? Did you experience an event? Was it health? Was it loss of income because you lost your job? Was it a divorce? Sometimes when we can get to the root cause, we can better prescribe the way to get out. I think that the real idea behind getting out of debt is having her go through the money that is coming in, the money that is going out, and really understanding what's happening in that cash flow. And can she identify a little bit of money that she can allocate towards the highest interest debt? That's really important. I think that sometimes we just like, I know we like the idea like, oh, I just want to get rid of any debt. But, you know, a small amount that's maybe on a a, a 10% card, it feels good to pay that off. But I'd rather her work her way down if she had a 24% debt. I don't know about consolidation. And I don't even know about paying it off for her. Maybe that would work. I would want to make sure that you're not sacrificing anything. And I'll tell you what, I would be willing, Holly, to have her come on and just talk to me and we'll change her name. And I would really hope that she would understand that we we do not judge. So maybe give us a holler back, see if I could just have her come on, or maybe even have you come on and answer these questions and we could change a few of the facts so people don't recognize you or her. All right. I hope that helps. This is from Gigi. Quick question. If I'm a high earner and diligent saver, would it make sense to contribute to an after-tax brokerage account 
or max out a pre-tax 403B. Oh, listen to this. There's a lot of saving here. We already max out Roth 401k and a Roth 456 defined, this DCP must be a defined plan, defined contribution plan. Assuming the money grows for 20 years, would I be better off using a brokerage account and paying capital gains or pay ordinary income and have RMDs on the 403B? I'm going to answer that question, but just so everyone realizes, this is a combined household income with spouse, 400,000, 43 years old. They make side hustle income, 120 grand. Expenses are 10 grand a month. They got a lot of money saved. They've got uh, a million two in retirement accounts, a million two in retirement accounts. Also, she gets a pension and they've got, oh my God, they got tons and tons of money. So they got no mortgages, lots of houses. Everything is great. You know what? Here is what I would say. I would, if I were you, I'd use a brokerage account. That's what I would do because required minimum distributions are going to be kind of hefty because you have money that is already pre-tax so I think that it would be much, much better for you to pay that capital gains rate. And even if we have a sunsetting of the current tax plan and we sunset back, capital gains will be cheaper than whatever your income tax bracket will be. I can almost guarantee that. So um, I would say easy answer would be please think about the after-tax brokerage account. I know you're going to pay a lot of tax, but I think you can handle it. Okay. This is from Linda. Hi, Jill and Mark. Thanks for all that you do. I've been a dedicated listener since COVID. You are both wonderful. Oh, that's so nice. Like Mark, I recently bought a house with these miserable interest rates. Mine is seven and an eighth. My remaining loan is $240,000. It's 30 year. My current plan of attack, I pay my monthly mortgage bi-weekly and then also pay four grand a month toward principal. Jeez, that's a lot. Hold on. I'm considering increasing it. I have a strong emergency fund cash reserves, which are in five and a quarter percent. I legit hate this interest rate so much. My current plan is to keep it up till I can refinance. I'd love to pay the house off in 10 years or less. I'm 51. I make 140, 50 grand a year, separated, two kids, one kid launched, rocking it in New York City, Liz Midtown, and other almost done with college, doing great things. College covered. Love your reaction to my plan and advice you would offer. All right, Linda, listen to what I'm about to say. Stop the insanity. Do not make extra payments on this. Because if you're going to refinance anyway, get that money to work. That four grand a month could be put into a, some gorgeous brokerage account and maybe even your retirement account. Stop it. Stop paying biweekly. This is not the right strategy. Uh, so I don't know. You're making yourself crazy. But if you are going to refinance, no reason to make extra payments right now. Let your money work for you. Have it available. Okay. Uh, this is a question from Luther. Uh, been retired for eight years, married for 53 years. No financial worries, but retirement got boring. <laughs> I played pickleball four days a week in the cold months in Minnesota, golf four days a week in the summer. Life is good, not fulfilling. So I went back to work and I went to work. Oh, listen, this Mark is a little six feet under. I went to work at a funeral home when they get busy. And I also drive a minivan for school and pick up and bring home three autistic children. And I absolutely love it. My advice to someone who would like to retire is make sure you have a plan on what you will do after you retire. I am not doing these jobs for the money. I am doing it because it is rewarding to give back my time to help others. Have a plan to retire 
but also a plan after you retire. And by the way, he also adds, work with a good advisor, Luther. (gasps) That was good. That is good. That is a great place to finish the program. Boy, I want to tell you something, gang. Uh, I know so many of you are looking towards this target of I want to be done by blank. Luther raises a great point. You really need to figure out what you'll be doing. How are you going to fill your days? You know, yeah, it's fun to play pickleball or golf or whatever, but is that going to really be satisfying? I also think that we have like an incredibly um, active type A listening audience. And so if that's, you find yourself in that category, like two hosts, perhaps, I think that you're selling yourself short if you think it's going to be, you know, retire, move to a 55 plus community and walk your dog all the time. Because, you know, I know we all flirt with that. It's very different reality. So Luther, thank you so much for your note. And for all of you, if you are thinking about retirement or changes or intergenerational things, I'm really, I would love to hear more of these intergenerational stories. Really want to dive into that a lot more. Just had a new uh, Pew Research poll about the enormous amount of money that older parents are helping uh, out with their adult children. And I want to hear about those stories and how you're navigating them so we can all learn about this together. So if you've got a question or something's going on, go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button. Let us know if you'd be willing to come on the air while you're there. Don't forget to sign up for the free weekly newsletter. You can subscribe to this show on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And please, if you wouldn't mind, leave us a rating and review wherever you listen. Well, it's Friday, so I like to do a little bit of our uh, our rundown here. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Mark Talercio is the best executive producer in the world and the king of all things web. We're distributed by Odyssey. Please lift someone up, change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better, They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information, all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.